Welcome to the Talk Angry Podcast, your destination for Shocker basketball. Join us every episode from the Forge Audio Production Studio as we dive into game recaps, analysis, and interviews throughout the 2018-2019 basketball season. And now, here are your hosts, Dustin Kuhn and Taylor Eldridge. Welcome to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. On today's show, we will recap last Sunday's win over the Rice Owls. We'll also get you ready for Saturday's matchup with the Baylor Bears, the first Big 12 opponent to visit Coke Arena since 2009. Big show coming up for you right after this. The Talk Angry Podcast is brought to you by Forge Audio Productions. For all your audio and music production needs, Forge Audio is ready to deliver the highest quality production that serves the artist. To receive a free consultation or quote from Brian, visit www.forgeaudioprod.com. That's www.forgeaudioprod.com. Or follow the studio on Facebook or Instagram. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. This first segment, we will recap Wichita State's 92-61 victory over the Rice Owls last Sunday at Charles Coke Arena. It was very cold outside, but the Shockers looked quite as possibly as hot as they have all season long. In my opinion, the most complete game that this Shocker team has played. Uh, you know, there's about a 10-minute stretch there in the second half where it, it didn't look perfect, but overall, a very good game. The Shockers have their highest offensive output for the season. Eric Stevenson scores a career-high 21 points, the most from a WSU freshman since Torrey Murray had 23 in 2009. Taylor, your overall thoughts on this game? Yeah, the thing that impressed me the most was the the defense to start this game. And uh, all season, Wichita State had really, you know, they they hadn't really made an impact. Uh, to quote Greg Marshall, they hadn't really dictated to anyone. They they never, you know, made an opposing offense kind of feel their defense, and uh, it was very clear in the first, you know, five minutes of this game that Greg Marshall had had challenged his team to get up in Rice, and uh, I thought Wichita State did a really good job of, of you know, not fouling and getting up in Rice and, and forcing turnovers, and at one point they forced 10 straight turnovers, and, you know, you remember, you think back at the beginning of that game, I mean, I think they were up 16-2. to two. Uh, right away and it was because they forced 10 straight turnovers and then Morris Udeze has that that uh, uh, volleyball spike block so basically 11 in a row uh, crazy uh, you know back to play that good a defense back to back to back is uh, really impressive and uh, after re-watching it Marcus McDuffie really stood out to me uh, spearheading that press uh, he's finding a way to use his his length and his athleticism this year and he's making a lot of hustle plays and you know his offense is going to get a lot of the headlines but Marcus right now is playing at a very high level on defense and and rebounding and just like little little hustle plays and I was really impressed with rewatching it a second time uh, with just the the level that Marcus is bring, bringing in his entire game and that was the the takeaway you know this game was pretty much over after you know 15 minutes 10 minutes so uh, not a lot to take away from the second half, but, uh, you know, the the defense, and like you mentioned, you know, Eric Stevenson, uh, you know, seeing the ball go through the hole, I mean, he had a really rough uh, stretch there away from Coke Arena, to, so for him to come back home and, and get that shooting stroke going again, that was, that was good to see for WSU. 
The Shockers' largest lead was 29. They had two separate runs of 16-0 and 15-1. I want to compare this team to last year's team, the defense that they played against Rice. And I know Rice, we talked last week, was picked to finish 13th out of a 14-team Conference USA. So maybe there's not so much we can take about this. But their defense was you know, stifling there in that first half where they just didn't allow anything whatsoever. Do you think their ceiling from a defensive perspective this year is maybe higher than last year's group? Oh, absolutely. There's no question. I mean, this this team is more athletic in front, and they have better rim protectors. You know, uh, Jaime Echenique, uh, he's off to a great start protecting the rim. I've been really impressed with Morris Udeze. So, you know, they only play one post this year, and uh, but the one post is, is a very good rim protector in those two. So, um, you know, they're able to, to clean up a lot of Wichita State's mistakes. And, you know, last year, you know, Shaq Morris was that for WSU, but uh, now they have two of those guys, so it's it's really it's really helped WSU's defense, and they've upgraded in athleticism and upgraded in length out out front. So you know this team still has still making a lot of defensive errors, and you know it's very far away from from uh, what Greg Marshall wants to see. You know, you, you watch them on tape and you see momentary lapses that, you know, are, are common for freshmen. You know, it's going to happen when these guys are playing, you know, 20-plus minutes a game. And uh, they just have, like, these momentary lapses where they where they lose track and or maybe ball watch. And it, they kind of snap out of it, but then it's too late and it leads, you know, it's not always... Uh, giving up two points, but sometimes it leads to a foul, or sometimes it leaves up leaves uh, to a wide open basket or wide open shot that that they don't make. But you know there are still you know mistakes being made on that end. But you know just in terms of the the ceiling, yeah, absolutely. This this team can can definitely defend. And you think uh, you think back to the Davidson game that that was probably the best defense I've seen Wichita State play. Um, you know the first half against Rice, right up there as well. But like you said. You gotta consider the opponent and uh, their skill level. So, um, but yeah, I think Wichita State early on is, is kind of flashed its potential. You know, it's just uh, gonna come down to consistency at this point. Echenique, fun fact for you, he's had a block in each of the team's first six games. Wichita State held Rice to 26.9% field goal percentage in the first half and only 15.4% from three for the game. So certainly took care of business. Also looked a little better on the offensive end. 90 points, most they've scored in a game this season. Seemed like the three-pointers were going down just a little bit. They shoot it around 46% from the game. What would you think about the team on the other side of the ball? Yeah, it was it was definitely an, uh, an impressive performance. And real quick on the defense, uh, you mentioned Rice holding them to 15% on the three-point line. That's a team that was taking a, a ton of threes, making a ton of threes. Uh, they came in shooting 40% from the line. So that's where Wichita State won this game was the defense holding them to you know 15% on the three-point line. But yeah, Wichita State's offense, it, it looked good. They were able to, to generate some offense from its defense for the first time this year, I thought. And uh, you mentioned Eric Stevenson. You know, he finally saw his uh, outside shot start to go in. Uh, he's shooting the ball very uh, confidently. And, you know, Marcus was his usual self. I mean, 14 points. Jaime's uh, has really kind of uh, surprised me with how much he's scoring this uh, early in the season. I thought before the year he was just going to be kind of a defensive re- and rebounding kind of guy and, you know, maybe score five or six points here and there. But, you know, he's, he's really uh, proving to be, you know, someone that can stretch defenses. And uh, he doesn't consider himself a shooter, but, you know, opponents are probably going to start considering him that because he's 
been able to step out and, and knock down a lot of threes this season on a pretty high percentage. So, um, you know, he reminds me a lot of kind of like Rano Nerger uh, the last couple of years and uh, maybe a little bit more athletic and uh, the upside's maybe a little bit higher. So it's uh, that's probably been the, the exciting part uh, for Wichita State is to, to see his development on the offensive end and you know, uh, guys like Dexter Dennis, you know, they he's still waiting for kind of that one game where he puts it together for, for two halves. So uh, a lot of upside on that, that side of the ball as well. Um, but, yeah, you know, when you play this many freshmen, it's going to be up and down. And, you know, the key for Wichita State is just getting, you know, three – you know, three or four of those guys to have up games to, you know, rise to the occasion with, you know, your Marcus McDuffie has been very solid. So getting him up there with, with uh, Jaime and Marcus, that's that's going to be the key for the Shockers. The Shockers were plus 17 in bench production. They were plus nine in points off of turnovers and plus eight in points in the paint. I mentioned the stat on Echenique having a block in each of the first six games. Ricky Torres has not had a turnover in any of the first six games, continues to pass the ball well, still waiting for some of those shots to find their way to the bottom of the basket. But what do you like about Ricky's game? Yeah, Ricky, I mean, the the opportunity is there for him to, to take control of this team. He is, uh, you know, the quintessential point guard, and uh, I love his vision. He's uh, one of the only guards that will, you know, when they run the pick and roll, that will look for, you know, Ichinike rolling to the basket or, or Udeze, and uh, he's able to create those angles to, to fit the passes through, and um, pretty impressive that he hasn't committed a turnover. You know, Connor Frankamp had that incredible streak last year or just the incredible assist-to-turnover turnover ratio last year where he just never made a a turnover it seemed like but his he was that was due to more you know him being more conservative with his passes and you know Ricky isn't as conservative I mean he'll look to make you know the the flashy uh, pass uh, every now and then and uh, so for him not to commit a a turnover through you know six games really impressive Uh, he just gotta you know knock down a wide open shot you know all of his outside shots have been open uh, good looks for him, and he's just not making it. And this is a guy that shot, you know, 40% from three almost uh, last year when he was a JUCO All-American. So uh, just I think it's just one of those stretches, uh, still a small sample size, you know, six games in the course of, you know, you're looking at 30, 31, 32 games, still a small sample size. So I would expect that him to, to snap out of that uh, pretty soon here. Wichita State has played six games. They're three and three on the year. They've alternated loss, win, loss, win, loss, win over these first six games. So from your perspective, Taylor, what does the team need to do to maybe take the next step and and start winning on a consistent basis and maybe putting together a season that we think could, you know, possibly come into an NCAA tournament resume type year? Yeah, these next two weekends are going to be huge. I mean, uh, you get two back-to-back Big 12 opponents, uh, Baylor at Coke Arena on Saturday night, and then in Oklahoma City next weekend against OU. And those are two beatable opponents. You know, Baylor's really struggling right now. Uh, they haven't really uh, looked that impressive yet this season. Obviously, the, the talent is there, the coaching. I mean, they have a great coach in Scott Drew. So, uh, you know, they're still dangerous, but they, they haven't really played that well this, this season. And OU, is, I mean, they're playing better, but they're still, you know, projected to be in the bottom half of the Big 12. So, you know, th- these could be, you know, a pair of statement wins for Wichita State. And, uh, you know, the, the up and down nature, I mean, I think that's just going to be the way it is all season. I mean, with a young team like this, 
I would suspect that that they're going to win some games that they probably shouldn't and probably lose some games that they probably shouldn't. And that's already been the case this year, you know, losing to Louisiana Tech at home and then bouncing right back and, and beating Providence on, on a neutral court. So that's probably going to be the way it's uh, just the way of life for the Shockers this whole season. And uh, the next two weeks going to be, I mean, it's going to be hard to, to string together wins against that quality of competition. But, you know, the opportunity is there for Wichita State to do it. You know, it's going to come down to defense. You know, they like talked about those those lapses that they have on defense, especially guarding the ball up front. Um, you know, they're going to have to, you know, tighten those up, limit those errors, and, you know, rebound the way they've been rebounding lately. And uh, when they do that, you know, Wichita State is a pretty good team. And uh, if the outside shots are falling, especially Eric Stevenson, if he can get going, and, you know, you can expect at least, you know, around 15, at least from, from McDuffie, it seems like now. So, you know, if some of these freshmen can, can jo- join them in double figures and, you know, get those outside shots going with maybe Stevenson or uh, Dexter Dennis or Jamarius Burton gets going on offense, going to the basket. Uh, it's going to be, you know, it's going to make Wichita State a dangerous team. So um, it's that's kind of what to, the formula for success, I think, with this team. Last point on this game, I want to talk a little bit about Dexter Dennis. He scored 11 points in the game against Rice, also had six rebounds and three assists. His plus minus was plus 34. So my question for you, is he the or one of, if not the most complete player on this Shocker team right now, not only taking care of business on the offensive end, but also taking care of business on the defensive end? Yeah, as far as the guards go, uh, you know, Marcus McDuffie has been by far the most consistent. And I, I really like the, the two centers so far, uh, Jaime Echenique and then Morris Udeze. I think those two have been very solid both ways. But, um, yeah, in terms of uh, on the wing, I think, yeah, Dexter Dennis is, has really been impressive uh, early on. Um, his problem has just been in foul trouble. You know, he he's guard. He, I mean, those first three or four games, he, he guarded with his hands. And uh, he told Mike Kennedy on his postgame radio show that, um, you know, he, he was still learning what a, a foul in the college level was like. And, and, you know, it took him three or four games to figure that out. And uh, it finally clicked in Charleston that last game against Alabama. And uh, he really, you know, played lights out that second half. And uh, he had a great game against Davidson, too. I mean, he was the one that was uh, guarding Kellen Grady, a guy that's getting NBA looks. And he played a big role in him going one for 11. And, uh, his, I mean, he just got in foul trouble and, and had to sit out. I think he only played like 13 minutes that game. So, I mean, if Dexter can just stay out of foul trouble, you know, start moving his feet more, using that athleticism. I mean, he has the length to, to lock up guys on the perimeter, you know, be a do, be a guy like uh, Zach Brown last year to, to lock people up and uh, obviously a lot better outside shot. And, uh, you know, he's shooting over 50% from three this year, and uh, he's a really good spot-up shooter. Still waiting on him to throw down one of those jams that we've we've seen in, in practice gym. Uh, you know this guy has a chance to go viral at some point at some point this season. Uh, just gotta get you know get get loose in transition or or get that that head of steam and uh, I mean, it's gonna happen. Uh, it's just a matter of when with this with the, with this guy and uh, really impressive athlete. So uh, he's got a, a bright bright future out on the wing for for Wichita State over you know however long he's here. 
Shockers are currently ranked number 86 in the Kin Palm rankings. The first net NET rankings came out this week. That's the NCAA's replacement for the RPI, and the Shockers were at number 132. So lots of college basketball fans, not just Shocker fans, have come out this week and talked a little bit about the net rankings. Do you have any thoughts about, you know, obviously it's been 3-3 three and three start to the year. We, we didn't expect anything too uh, fantastic, but what, what are your thoughts overall on this first ranking? Yeah, I mean, it's just super early in the year. You know, there's just not a lot of, uh, you know, data to work with. So, I mean, it was pretty, you know, predictable, but that the net ranking, rankings would, you know, be kind of all over the place. And I think you saw that at the top uh, with some of the, the teams that were ranked highly in, in the net. And, um, you know, it's going to take time. You know, you look at the, you know, the RPI, the first RPI, RPI that came out last year, I think, um, I forgot who it was. It was like Vermont or somebody was ranked like number five or something. So, um, you know, it's going to take time as the season goes along and the more accurate it's going to get. But, you know, nobody really knows like how it's going to go. But I mean, when it first came out, I mean, it was believed to be a, a step in the right direction. So uh, I would just suggest give it time and we'll see, you know, here in two months. Uh, that's that's pretty much when you can start uh, paying attention to it uh, this early in the season. I mean, we're still figuring out. Uh, you know, how good these teams are. And, you know, some of these guys, uh, some of these teams don't even have all their players back. Uh, you know, they're still getting people eligible, I mean, like Baylor. So um, it's really hard to tell how good teams are. And I just wouldn't pay that much attention to a ranking like that this early in the season. Maybe, you know, late January, February, that, that's the time where it starts to matter. Last point here, I think the fans after this Rice win, seeing a complete game played by the Shockers, are a little more optimistic as far as the future of this this team here, not only this year, but these next couple years. So when you watch these guys play, do, do you see you know, a team that certainly compete this year, but for these next couple years, not only uh, in the AAC, but just overall? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's uh, really exciting to think, uh, you know, two, three years from now when, you know, Eric Stevenson, Dexter Dennis, Morris Udeze, and all these guys are juniors and seniors, you know, that's going to be a scary team because all three of those guys are dudes already. And, you know, uh, this experience that they're picking up as freshmen is is only going to help them and you know they're going to be you know big time players here I mean I like their games already um, you know this early in their careers I think those three have a chance to be really special um, forgetting Jamarius Burton too I really like his game too you know he flies under the radar because you know he's, he doesn't always score a lot of points but you know he does a lot of the the little things too and I should include uh, him as well those four very bright future for for Wichita State you know I think uh, Greg Marshall you know, none of those guys are really that, you know, highly rated. And I think he hit a home run, you know, making that Wichita State's foundation for years to come. And then you, you add a guy like Tyson ATN uh, coming in next year. I mean, everyone is projecting him just to be, you know, a, a complete baller at the point guard position. And, uh, I mean, he can play off guard, too, if they need him. And Noah Fernandez should make an impact as well. So, you know, Wichita State is set up pretty nice here, uh, you know, especially when you think, you know, two, three years down the road. Of course, you know, the team, they're not thinking about that right now. They want to win this season. Um, but, you know, the, the future is definitely bright for the Shockers. The recruiting has picked up. And, uh, you know, if, if uh, you know, a couple of these 2020 kids that Wichita State are going after too, uh, they're going after four-star guys now. You know, they're they're in the mix for top 150. 
you know, you saw uh, Marshall kind of, you know, start that as a trend with uh, Tyson Atien. You know, that was the highest rated or second highest guy that he's got in his tenure. And, you know, Tyson Waterman has been a huge addition for Wichita State in recruiting. And Isaac Brown is always out there, too. Uh, so those two, uh, two of the best recruiters, you know, around. And I think uh, the future is definitely bright for Wichita State in the coming years. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll preview Saturday's big matchup with the Baylor Bears. I was still in college at Wichita State the last time a Big 12 opponent visited Charles Koch Arena. So big time matchup, Baylor-Wichita State coming up for you this Saturday. We'll talk about it right after the break. Welcome back to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. We'll move now into our preview of Saturday's matchup with the Baylor Bears. The Bears come in at 5-2 and two on the season, led by head coach Scott Drew. He's in his 15th season at the helm at Baylor. They were picked to finish 9th in the 10-team Big 12 Conference this year. They lost their opening game to Texas Southern 72-69. They've also lost to Ole Miss 78-70. Taylor, let me read you the teams that Baylor has beat this year. Southern, Prairie View M-A-N-M, Nichols State, George Mason, South Dakota. I don't care what their Ken Palm ranking is. I don't care that they're 5-2 and two and the Shockers are 3-3. Three and three. This is a game at Coke Arena. The Shockers should be favored to win. No matter what, what rebuilding year it is, I think the Shockers should win this game. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Baylor has uh, kind of retooled under Scott Drew with a lot of graduate uh, transfers. And, you know, they're certainly not as young as Wichita State, but they're just, I mean, just about as new. And, you know, they've, they've struggled so far, kind of like what I uh, said earlier uh, here. And, you know, they lost the bye game to Texas Southern, and then they really struggled uh, earlier this week against South Dakota. They had to pull that one out late. So, you know, Baylor hasn't really done much to, to impress me uh, at, to this point in the non-conference schedule. But, you know, they, they play that zone defense. You know, they're loaded with, with good athletes and, and top-rated recruits. So they have a great coach in, in Scott Drew. So they're, they're still dangerous. And, you know, this is a game that Wichita State, you know, they're going to have to play well uh, to win this game. But you're right. You know, I think Wichita State, uh, you, you throw in the fact that it's going to be, you know, Coke Arena at night on a Saturday night, you know, on national TV. Uh, you have the, the 65 Final Four team in the building uh, for the Dave Stallworth statue. And uh, the, the atmosphere is going to be electric. And I think you do have to factor that in. And, you know, not very many teams that beat uh, Greg Marshall teams uh, in that type of environment. So I think you're right when you, you say that Wichita State should be favored in this game. Who have they played? That's my biggest thing here. They played Old Miss. They lost by eight in front of 1,250 fans. Do you think the atmosphere might be a little different this Saturday at Coke Arena? The most fans they've played in front of is 8,000 while they beat down on Nichols State. Are you kidding me here? Let's go. There's actually, you talked about all the newcomers to both sides. There's only three players on either side that played in this matchup last year. Samaje Haynes-Jones is the only shocker. Two players participated for Baylor. The Bears score 75.1 points per 
game, and they allow 65. They shoot at 45% from the field and 31% from three. Um, they're not really lengthy either. Their their tallest starter is 6'9". He's a sophomore. I believe it's Tristan Clark. Um, so, you know, as far as matchups between Wichita State and Baylor here, wh- where do you think there can be some advantages for the Shockers, or what, what would you think would be the keys to this matchup? Uh, I mean, Wichita State's going to have to make shots from the outside. You know, uh, Baylor's going to zone them up, and, uh, you know, they're not uh, tall, but, you know, they're, they're great. They have great uh, length, I think, and I think uh, just the, the athleticism and, you know, you look at the, the amount of blocks that they have uh, in terms of block percentage, they actually lead the country. Uh, they are number one. They're blocking 20% of shots. So Seven blocks per game. Yeah, so, uh, you know, taking it inside, you know, might not not be an option. That might take out, you know, part of Marcus McDuffie's game, part of, you know, Samaja Hinch-Jones, uh, his drives to the basket. Uh, those might not be, you know, those might be no-goes this time. You might, you know, drive and then look to kick and try to suck that zone in so the, the outside shooter and – you know, WSU shooters have to be ready to, to catch and shoot. You know, this is going to be a big game for, uh, you know, Stevenson and, and Dennis and uh, Marcus. You know, Samaje, uh, he can make an impact if he's uh, making his shots uh, outside. And, um, you know, I think Wichita State is going to have to hunt those catch and shoot shots uh, from three. And that's really what this game is going to come down to. And uh, just battling on the boards, you know, that's, that's going to be a huge matchup every against whoever for Wichita State, you know, playing a small ball four with McDuffie uh, and pretty much an entire game. I mean, it's Wichita State's not going to have the size advantage on very many opponents, so they're going to have to really battle on the boards and, and play Baylor to just about even or try to limit the damage there. So um, that's that's kind of the key to success for me is that they're just going to have to make, you know, a lot of outside shots, and uh, I think they should target, you know, maybe – you know, nine, nine or above for Wichita State. Look for them to, to bomb away from, from the outside. And you remember last year, you know, when they went down to Waco, Connor Frankamp uh, made that, that clutch corner three uh, down, the I think it was the last two minutes, uh, that really let Wichita State pull out the, the victory there. And, you know, I, I think this one's going to come down to the wire just like that one. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to shoot, see who, uh, what, which shocker could step up and make that clutch shot this time around. I'll tell you one thing, Shocker fans need to bring it. It was announced today there's about 350 tickets left for the game on Saturday, so if you're listening to the show and don't have your ticket yet, no reason why you can't be there to cheer on the first matchup once again since 2009 against a Big 12 opponent at Coke Arena. We've had plenty at Interest Bank, but not at Coke. The Bears are led in scoring by 6-1 redshirt senior guard Makai Mason at 14.3 points per game. Producer Brian uh, pointed out he is a trans from Yale. They also have 6'3 senior guard King McClure at 14.1. But, you know, we talk about the seven blocks. Do you see the ability for Wichita State to get it down low and, and score anything with Udeze and Echenique, or is this going to be more of a guard game? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Wichita State, or Greg Marshall really, you know, it was very clear that his directive coming into that Rice game was, you know, we got to pound this ball inside. And you look at Wichita State's uh, first three or four sets to the game, uh, all pounded inside. You know, Echenique had two back-to-back, and then uh, Marcus McDuffie went down to the block. And uh, that was really where, where Wichita State wanted. I, I think they had, you know, eight or nine uh, post-ups in the first half alone. That's That might have been, you know, what they had the entire season coming into that game. So um, I don't know if we're going to see that against Baylor. 
just because they they do have you know such good uh, shot blockers. You know, Tristan Clark is the one to watch, and uh, I think uh, who's the other one? Uh, Mark Vital, he's the other one that's uh, a, a very good shot blocker as well. So those are the two to watch in Baylor's zone. Uh, but this is going to be, you know, a, a matchup where they're going to have to to penetrate, get the, you know, break down the zone, and then go from there. You know, we might see Jamarius Burton be able to to break the top of the zone and, and pull up for that free throw line jumper that he likes. Uh, you know, Dexter, like I mentioned, Dexter Dennis and uh, Eric Stevenson are going to have to to make it rain from the outside. I don't think we're going to see too many post-ups this game, but, you know, if, if Echenique or Udeze, you know, where they can make a difference is crashing the glass. I mean, it's really hard to rebound out of a zone. So if they can crash the glass, maybe get a few offensive putbacks, that's, that's where they can do their damage this game. Coach Marshall talk. this is the end of the series with Baylor. Had a home-and-home home last year in Waco, this year in Wichita. Is this a series you'd like to see continue? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Marshall said this week in uh, his press conference that, you know, they haven't talked about it yet, but, you know, that's a conversation he plans on having when he sees Scott at the game on Saturday night. So I think this is a, uh, you saw what, you know, they brought the Oklahoma State series back. You know, they, they like what they have going on with OU. I think as many, you know, Big 12 opponents as you can get on a schedule, that's only going to help Wichita State. And, you know, major props to Scott Drew for, for taking on Wichita State at Coke Arena. You know, Mike Boynton at Oklahoma State. Do you hear us, Bruce Weber? Do you hear us, Bill Self? <laughs> yeah, I mean, all these uh, other Big 12 coaches have, you know, if they do take the matchup, it's always at Interest Bank Arena. So uh, big props to, to Scott Drew for, you know, not being afraid and, and taking his team uh, on the on the road for a true road test at, at Coke Arena. And, uh, you know, he, he wants to, his team to, to play the best possible schedule. And I think, uh, you know, hopefully the net – uh, starts to reward teams for doing that. I think that's the incentive uh, for for teams if this is going to happen in the future. I mean, you have to incentivize it. You have to make teams want to, you know, play the best possible schedule and, and really reward teams that go on the road and play good opponents. So, you know, Wichita State's been on the other end of this uh, multiple times, but, um, you know, to get those big-time opponents to come to Coke Arena, uh, hopefully this this starts a trend. You talked about the Dave the Rave statue that's going to be unveiled on Saturday. Members of the 1965 Final Four team in the building. You think that'll add any extra juice to the crowd or any extra, I guess, uh, to the experience? Yeah, I mean, it should. Uh, I mean, Dave Stallworth is a, you know probably the first national uh, superstar. You know, Cleo Littleton really kind of uh, broke down uh, the color barrier and was kind of the first Wichita State superstar. And then Dave Stallworth came in and, and just, you know, uh, knocked down the door and, and really took Wichita State to to national prominence and you know he was a he's a big deal you know if you know this is the the first true you know superstar of the program and he really got the ball rolling for Wichita State and uh, you know I think that should energize the crowd and I would encourage anyone who you know is a Shocker fan to to come out on Saturday morning uh, they're having the public ceremony outside of Coke Arena at 11 a.m. Uh, should be really cool to see you know all but one of the the living members of the 1965 team will be there in attendance and uh, Dave's wife uh, Gloria will be there as well so should be a really cool moment to see you know all of that that work I mean uh, and we're not talking just like his impact on basketball uh, his impact away from the court too his teammates said he was just you know a, a tremendous guy treated everyone equally and you know just really a stand-up person and you know if you could pick one shocker 
uh, to represent WSU as a basketball player and as a human being. You know, Dave Stallworth is the guy. So um, should be a really cool ceremony, 11 a.m. on Saturday morning. And then, of course, the, the game at night at 7. So uh, should be an electric atmosphere, you know, Coke Arena on a Saturday night. On top of that, I think that should make uh, for a pretty electric atmosphere. All right, let's do prediction time. I mentioned I would be disappointed if the Shockers don't beat Baylor. They'll be seeing about 1,800 to 2,000 more fans than they've seen in any contest this year. Really haven't beat anyone outside of the Texas School for the Blind. So what do you think here? Baylor, Wichita State, who you got? I'm going to go with uh, Wichita State. I think this one is going to be kind of a grinded-out game. Uh, I'm not sure Wichita State's going to, you know, they've been so up and down with their outside shooting. Uh, I don't think they're going to have a, a big uh, shooting game, but I think they they make just enough shots to get this one uh, done. I'm going to go with Wichita State 68-64. to I think Wichita State wins by 8-10. to I think it's very similar to that Old Miss matchup where uh, Old Miss won 78-70. I think the crowd is going to be electric. Hope they bring it. Uh, I hope I'm not the only one talking this game up, so I will say Wichita State 78, Baylor 70. I'm curious on on your take as a fan to the the Coke Arena experience so far this season. You know, this is the first time in I think eight years that they didn't sell out all the season tickets, and uh, I don't think they've had a sellout yet this year. So what's uh, maybe producer Brian can jump in here too, but what was your guys' review been of you know the crowds at Coke Arena the the first two games? I'll tell you, I was pretty darn impressed with the crowd they had on Sunday against Rice considering the weather conditions. I expected maybe 7,000, maybe 8,000 at the most, but I think they had about 9,000, 9,500 in there. And the wind, as you were walking in, was just crushing right in your face. That Louisiana Tech game, I think, you know, started with a little passion. Let's see what these new guys look like. And that was quite possibly the ugliest basketball game. Seems like the I've crowd was frustrated. And my team at Coke Arena. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. But overall. And the coaching staff and the players. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Everyone was frustrated that night, yeah. yeah. But this, this is different. You know, we're in Big 12 country. We're the little brother to KU and K-State, or at least that's what they like to think. This is different. We don't get these opportunities every day. We certainly don't get these opportunities just on a once-a-year type basis at Interest Bank Arena, but to bring a big-name opponent to Coke Arena, what are your thoughts, Brian? I, I mean, I would I would think it's going to be – the atmosphere is going to be excellent. Um, I'm not surprised that the – the ticket numbers are down. I bet if you go back to Marshall's first couple of years, they're probably similar similar sales numbers. Not quite completely sold out. You know, it's a transition year, and and so it's it's not completely surprising. I mean, even after Ron Baker and Fred graduated, I think that there's a little bit of that. Oh, what do we have now? And certainly, they proved to be excellent very early on, um, and so that number stayed pretty high, and they were sold out quite frequently, but. Um, I think with with any sort of transition early on, you kind of get that pullback. But uh, when Texas Tech was here, that was an electric atmosphere. Everybody was ready to go for that game, and uh, and I would expect something something similar this game, regardless of you know uh, of the record Wichita State has. Like like you mentioned, it's. Plus, we're not talking about a Tuesday night on Cox 22. This is Saturday night. This is technically nationally televised CBS Sports Network, a Big 12 opponent. Like, it's time to bring it. You think you're a big-time program, Wichita? Well, let's show it. Yeah, definitely. I'm actually just really excited that Dustin wants to keep talking trash on Baylor's schedule. (laughs) 
It's like, oh, their no schedule's res- trash. No, Let me read no this for you again. For Texas Southern and man. then Southern. Like, how do you play Texas thing? Southern and then you play Southern? Like, is there a Northern or a Texas Northern they could throw in there as well? It's buy or sell time. We need to get off of <laughs> All right. So buy or sell, Ricky Torres hits his first three of the season against Baylor. I'm going to buy it. I think, uh, like I said, I mean, outside shots are going to be, you know, available against Baylor's zone. And, you know, he's going to shoot at least, you know, a couple. And, you know, he's taking good looks. He just hasn't made a single one all season. I think the streak ends against Baylor. Ricky makes one. I'm happy Taylor's so positive. I'm going to sell that. Wild thing, Rick Torres. He's great with the passes. Not so sure on the three-point shots just yet. The streak continues. Is it mental? Is it mental at this point? I think it's, you know, it's got to be in your head at least a little. I mean, you look at the, I'm sure these guys are very aware of their stats. They look at it and you see that O for next to your name. Uh, it's got to be in your head a little, especially that, you know, he's not forcing shots. It's not like he's missing heavily contested shots where you right. can kind of chalk it up. I mean, these are wide open looks. And I think that's uh, that's something that he just has to overcome in his head. I have a question for Taylor. Eric Stevenson said the rims at Cocarina <laughs> are forgiving. You know, you're a baller, you're a hooper, you're at the Northwest YMCA or Cocarina or wherever it is. Shout out Northwest You've YMCA. You've played in the building. I saw you in the media game hitting last second shots. <laughs> Five stars. You know, all-star podcaster, all-star hooper. Keep going. What do you think Keep about those rims at Cocarina? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I'd have to agree with Eric. They're very soft and they are very forgiving. Um, so shooters need to take advantage of them. And, you know, uh, Ricky's only played two games here, so, uh, hasn't got a ton of shots up, but I think, I, I, I think the streak continue. I mean, he's, like I said, I mean, this is a guy's a Juco all American. He was shooting, you know, close to 40% last year. So it's not like he just completely forgot how to shoot coming into here. Uh, it's just a small sample size, and I think over the course of the season, that number is going to be closer to you know 35 probably. All right, so next question. We know uh, it's it's an exciting thing to get a team like Baylor to actually come and agree to play in Coke Arena. Is that something that you expect to continue next season? So buy or sell, do you think that a – Football 5 Conference, SEC, Pac-12, Big 10, Big 12, ACC, any of those conferences, will one of those teams be playing in Coke Arena next season? I'm going to buy that, and the reason for it, I look at the American Conference like I look at the Big East Conference when it comes to basketball, and these Power 5 schools don't seem to have any problem playing Big East or AAC schools in the non-conference portion of their schedule. For some reason, the Missouri Valley was maybe just a step below that. Or if we looked at the conference RPI, you know, they usually 9, 10, 11, somewhere in there, especially those last few years for Wichita State. I think the move to the AAC lifts them up as far as the scheduling's concerned, and we see more big-time opponents at the check. I'm going to sell that. I think that just because, I mean, it takes it takes another team willing to come to, to Coke Arena. And uh, like Dustin said, I think teams are, are becoming more willing. But, you know, uh, Coke Arena is a very intimidating place. You know, Wichita State is still, especially next year, with all that they're going to have uh, coming back, they should be, you know, more highly regarded. And I don't know if uh, a team's going to want to come to Coke Arena. Uh, we're probably going to see, you know, another interest game. Uh, next year with that's the, Oklahoma. Oh, you. We know, we know that's yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. So 
Um, I don't I don't think uh, you know unless Baylor uh, re-ups and wants to come right back to Coke Arena, I don't think it's going to happen next year. Is there a team in Manhattan that might be willing to <laughs> make the drive down to Wichita? I know Brucey wanted to play this year. Is he willing to play next year? We'll have to wait. No see. comment. <laughs> All right, so one one thing that you mentioned earlier in our podcast is that Stevenson went over 20 points in the game against Rice, and that is the first time a freshman has gone over 20 since Ture Murray. So with so many freshmen, we're going to be dependent on their scoring probably as the season goes along. So buy or sell, will a freshman, any of them, exceed 20 points in a game more seven times? I'm going to go ahead and sell that. I think it, the number is close, but, I mean, you look at Jamarius Burton, I don't think he's, you know, a 20-point scorer. I don't think Mo Udeze is. Um, I think the only two that could probably, you know, hit that number are Eric Stevenson and Dexter Dennis. Uh, I think they both do it a few times, but I, I don't think it adds up to, to more than seven. Not so fast, my friend. I'm going to buy that. We saw Burton score 16 points earlier in the season. I think Dennis has the ability to go for 20, probably two or three times. So does Stevenson. So I'll say Stevenson does it three, Dennis does it three, and then uh, we'll uh, go with Burton for one or two. Echenique, and here's another thing we need to solve on this podcast. Some people are calling him Jamie Echenique, and some people are calling him Jaime Echenique. You need to get your guy Don <laughs> Hall corrected. What What is it? Taylor, what would you give well, us? Well, it's, it's a little confusing because, you know, Marshall calls him Jamie. So I think that, that kind of sets the tone for everyone around the program. But, you know, his actual name, like, he, he, he said he, we asked him about it on the press conference after Rise. He said he's fine with either. He'll, you know, he'll accept Jamie. He'll ex- uh, accept, you know, Jaime. But Jaime is the the way that you know it's pronounced. So that's what I try to call him. But uh, he he does say that either is fine. So I don't like that either. I mean, you got you got to be firm with <laughs> you what your that, name is. It's, it's your, your name. name. This is like a Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor thing all over again. <laughs> all right. Final question. Does we're, we're going to go back to the Ken Palm rankings. So you mentioned it earlier. They currently sit overall at number 86 in the Ken Palm rankings, but their defensive ranking is 115. We've talked about their defense needing to improve significantly over last season. Certainly the effort appears to be there. But by the metrics, at the end of this season, will WSU finish as a top 50 Ken Palm defense? I'm going to sell that. I think they'll be just outside of the top 50. I think once they get in a conference play, uh, I look at a team like Cincinnati, team like Houston, team like UCF, team like Temple. I mean, these guys can score. So as far as the defensive metrics are concerned, I love the athleticism. I love the length. But I think overall they finish just outside of the top 50 with consistent improvement these next couple years. That's cute that you think Cincinnati can score. That's adorable. (laughs) I would put UCF up there too. Uh, UConn. I, I said UCF. UConn can score. Memphis can score too. UConn Memphis can score against defense. Syracuse, yeah, but Memphis. what happens when they're not playing Syracuse? Yeah. Well, Memphis like can score if they're like running up and down the court at top speed. Yeah, which is what they do. They just give up a lot of points too. But I'm gonna sell that too. I think uh, the defense, uh, while the, the ceiling is higher. I think that there's just too many freshmen out there, too many first-year players. Uh, like I said, I, I'm really, I've been really impressed with the post, uh, the five men so far. I think Marcus McDuffie is playing very good defense, but 
those one, two, three spots. That's kind of where a lot of the lapses, you know, WSU doesn't really have a point guard that can, you know, keep the ball in front of them yet. Uh, Jamarius Burton has done a pretty good job, but you know, these, these guys are still out there. They're all out there for the first time at the division one level. And they're, they're going to have, you know, these lapses and mistakes. And I think that's going to go on for, for the whole year. And uh, I think kind of like what Dustin said, I mean, they're going to get better as the year goes along, but you know, top 50, you have to be playing really good defense to be, you know, a top 50 in the nation. So I think they're, they're definitely going to improve uh, on the 115 or whatever they're ranked right now. I think they're going to finish, you know, somewhere in the, the 60s, somewhere in the 70s. All right. Well, that was buy or sell. And that I, have also... one, I have one more. Oh. I, have a, I have a surprise oh. buy or sell. Hot take. Hot Woo. take. Oh. So a hot, uh, a hot uh, controversy on the team has been Eric Stevenson's take that Slim Chickens is the best restaurant in Wichita. And as Wichita residents... I think we need to to publicly shame him for for selecting Slim Chickens. Now, are we buy or selling Slim Chickens as the best chicken place, or are we buy or selling? He said he he flat out. He said the whole restaurant. restaurant. He said the best spot in Wichita. Yeah, those Washington kids, Washington State. Woo. Like, man, not, what's not, what's the chicken like they, up there? Where do they serve them in Washington? Oh my yeah, goodness. so I was going to ask you guys, what are some recommendations? What's your to improve his taste? What what can we recommend to him? I like Dino's there at 21st and Webb. Big supporter of the Shockers. I mean, if I'm trying to have a nice steak, got to go to Chester's. That's probably Doodah a nice Diner. Doodah Diner. Excellent. Very good I think breakfast. They take all the recruits to Doodah, so he should he should know about that. Dempsey's is pretty good. Dempsey's Burgers, Ziggy's on for the pizzas. If concerned. you're looking for a burger, there's a number of really good burger places like the Wall. I'm an east sider. I like to say east of the river, whereas we do the podcast here west of the river. So not sure what Brian might have on the west side here. (laughs) But certainly, let's say one thing. It's not Slim Chickens. (laughs) We're going to have a chicken and pickle here pretty soon. So you can get your chicken fingers and play a little pickleball. Do you know how to play pickleball? I have zero clue how to play pickleball. I, I think it's just miniature tennis, and uh, Patty Mahomes did it, so if Patty pong? can do it, Isn't I think that I can. Ping pong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I learned in seventh grade, so I'm going to have to go back to my middle school gym teacher and maybe get a few lessons. Well, Taylor, you're an athlete, so you'll be able to just yeah, be pure, pure athlete. Hey, so. my seventh grade math teacher taught us all how to play craps. So. Yeah. There you go. What school well, did you go to? <laughs> Maze. <laughs> wow. I should have went, uh, went over there to Maze. Big game for the Shockers this Saturday. If you are going to the game, be sure to bring it. These guys certainly deserve it. Uh, it's a, a big opponent. Could be, you know, kind of a season-changing win. We talked about going from loss, win, loss, win all year. Would love to see them get going on a winning streak. This is also a big time development-wise for the Shockers. We talked on last week's show. They'll continue to have a week in between each game here. Had a week in between Rice and Baylor. They'll have another week in between Baylor and when they go down to Oklahoma City to take on the Sooners. So uh, a lot of great coverage we'll continue to have for you here on Talking. We'll be back with you next week to preview the Oklahoma City Classic at Chesapeake Energy Arena against Austin Reeves and the Oklahoma Sooners. Also rate us five stars. <laughs>